Are we sitting close enough to each other? You like to be closer? We're not supposed to be closer. <laughs> also, or would you, you like to, to be closer? You need to move closer to the mic. Yeah. If anything, we're supposed to be further away from each other. Yeah, but that's not what Dempsey wants. Draw me close to you. Hold <laughs> me closer, tiny dance. And count the headlights on the highway. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> uh, my oh, no, name. You're going to include my terrible singing, aren't you? Oh, I'm absolutely <clears throat> going to do that. Oh. I jiggled the table. Well, then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to jiggle the table again? I'll no, again. I meant you sing Tiny Dancer, but no, it's too late for that. I'll just oh. edit this together. I can sing Tiny Dancer again if you no, want. No, no, no. It's not going to be as magical the second time. David, David, I can be your Tiny Dancer. <laughs> I can Hi everybody, I, I am your pain. keeper for today's I session. Away the pain. Oh, My yeah. name is David. <laughs> Some, somebody told me once that I ran this podcast, but I don't believe it anymore. <laughs> somebody told me. You had a boyfriend. Oh my There God. it is. Uh, so, hey everybody, one more time. My name is David. I'm your keeper for tonight's session. Uh, today. Keeper of what? Secrets. What kind of secrets? Uh, just the normal ones. Secret secrets? Just the kind of secrets everyone has. Secret tunnels? You know, like skeletons in their closet, but literal ones. Oh, everyone has that. Yeah. Secret tunnel. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I knew we'd get And we've come I knew full we'd circle. Get Dempsey to sing along at some point. <laughs> uh, so I'm your keeper. Going around the room, I've got a few special guests with me today in order to to play tonight's, well, not tonight's game. We're just setting up tonight, but to play Brindlewood Bay together. Uh, on my left, I have... Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. My name's Emma. <sighs> and in the middle, we have... Yo, what's good? It's your big boy, Patty, here, back at it again. On the Tota Podcast. And finally, the man of many dreams who's fulfilling one now, this is Dempsey. <laughs> so, uh, for this installment of Trials of the Apocalypse, uh, of which I am, I was about to say of which I am your eponymous host, but... Your name's not in the title, my No, it's not. That's that large uh, animal that lives in the Nile, right? And that kills more humans... Per year than sharks. No, 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 no. It's it's that that children's show, My Little Eponymous. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very different show. <laughs> it's educational. Are we still talking about Christmas wish list? <laughs> I want an eponymous for Christmas. <laughs> Only an eponymous will do. Uh so uh this time on Toda, uh, for this for this time on Toda, eponymous the house top click click click. <laughs> down through the chimney came old, old Saint, Saint Nick. Nick. There, he's he's eponymous most of the time. Yeah, Saint Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh wait, eponymous is when uh, you write something but don't give out your name, right? That's good. <laughs> I could keep going. Alcoholics eponymous. <laughs> Alcoholics eponymous. <laughs> Uh, for this installment of Trials of the Apocalypse, we're going to be playing a game called Brindlewood Bay. Uh, you mean Trials of the Eponymous? 
<laughs> no, but see, I mean, when you make a joke that good, now I have to keep all this bullshit. It's true. Oh, dude, yeah, the eponymous talk is definitely <laughs> staying in. <laughs> or you'll get cut. Uh, Brindlewood Bay is self-described by the author, Jason Cordova, as being a dark and cozy mystery game. Uh, and if I'm being completely honest with you, it's probably the most excited I've been to play a tabletop RPG in pretty much ever. Wow. Uh, it's, to me at least, it is very, very, very cool. Uh, the premise of this game is basically Murder, She Wrote meets Lovecraft. Uh, and it keeps that... So just Murder, She Wrote. In certain interpretations. You, you can't tell me that Angela Lansbury isn't an elder god. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, did she get picked up? Oh, I'm I'm sure she did. She's right by the door. These mics are sensitive. I think that adds to the charm, personally. <laughs> you can't tell me that Angela Lansbury isn't an elder god. <laughs> That's Persephone trying to tell you that Angela Lansbury is not an elder god. I'm sorry. She would know because she's an elder I god. I disagree. She's lived so long, David. Well, so is Betty White. Wait. Betty White is an elder god. Are you kidding me? So is the queen. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait, also, has anybody actually seen these three people at a party together? Because, hmm. I don't know, but that would be one lit party, and I hope <laughs> I get an invite. You know, Dempsey mentioned dreams, and you talked about yours. I'm excited to live my dream of being an elderly woman. <laughs> you know, it's not too late to make that dream a reality. It's happening right now. Well, speaking of lit parties of elderly women, uh, this game, uh, you all, all of the players uh, play as characters who are a group of uh, elderly women whose book club, the Murder Mavens, regularly solves the mysteries uh, and murders uh, which plague their titular Massachusetts town, Brindlewood Bay. So which one of us joined the group thinking that uh, the Murder Mavens meant that we actually killed people? Oh, for, for sure me. Okay. I could have sworn that's what it was. Underneath it all, there's a dark cult called the Midwives of the Fragrant Void, whose machinations are slowly uncovered by the Mavens across many sessions. Are they marvelous machinations of the murder Mavens across many sessions? We, of course, won't be able to traverse all that way in this one shot, but the deeper mystery is baked into the mechanics of the system. Shisham. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take that again from the top? <laughs> oh, boy. But the deeper mystery is baked into the mechanics of the system, and I have in my notes chef kiss, but unfortunately that will not transfer great on the mic. I could, uh, what a what a gorgeous system. Prego, prego. Uh, <laughs> uh, powered by the Apocalypse games are so well suited for genre fiction as it is, but I don't think I've seen a better execution on it than Brindlewood Bay. Uh, every ability, every move. Uh, and the whole structure of play, even, uh, all contribute to a perfect little cozy TV show murder mystery. It's beautiful. And I'm, I'm really excited to play it with you all. Uh, but before we can actually play the game, of course, uh, it really helps if we understand how to do it, right? So let's talk a little bit first uh, about order of play. Again, I mentioned that structure uh, reinforces how this game is done. So in your normal episode of Brindlewood Bay... Uh, you'll begin with a mystery recap, which, of course, we won't have to do, uh, seeing as we will be doing one and only session. 
Instead, we'll be doing a mystery bust a cap. That's right. <laughs> Following the mystery recap, there is uh, a resolution of any cliffhangers that might remain from previous sessions, uh, which, again, we will be able to ignore. Uh, but then after that, every step afterwards, that matters to us. The next phase of play is called begin session. It's where you mark your end of session questions. Uh, there are some questions on everyone's character sheets that should they be able to answer yes to that question at the end of the session, they will get to mark XP. So one of them is always ticked, and then they will get to select two additional ones at the start of every session that they will try to accomplish in the course of that session as their objective as a way to earn experience. That's my secret cap. I'm always ticked. After you've collected five experience... <laughs> He tried so hard <laughs> and got so far. And in the end, it's all Patrick's fault. <laughs> it always is. Um, so after you've collected uh, five experience, you get to actually uh, you get to earn an advancement, uh, which is an additional benefit to your character. Uh, we will discuss all of the end of session questions and all that stuff once we get to character creation. So after the session has officially begun... Uh, what follows and kicks off the session are little cozy vignettes. Uh, each one of the players uh, gets to narrate a short vignette, showcasing their maven enjoying uh, her life in Brindlewood Bay. Uh, these scenes should be light and breezy or warm and cozy. They can range from a maven enjoying her cozy activity, uh, which is their favorite hobby or pastime, and that factors into some of the other game's mechanics. Uh, or maybe they could be helping out with a community project or working around the home. I'd like a nice raspberry vignette for my salad, please. Yeah. Yeah. After all of the different cozy vignettes are finished, uh, the Keeper then presents a new mystery, uh, wherein I, of course, as the Keeper, will get to frame a scene or two introducing the new murder mystery and form the players uh, of the complexity rating, which is essentially how many moving pieces there are in the story, how many potential people there will be to interview, how many clues they'll have to collect in order to come to a, uh, a resolution of the story in the end. My complexity is usually very red. I hate that. <laughs> I've been told very often. He has a very, ruddy, a complexity. very ruddy complexity, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to bring eponymous back. No. <laughs> eponymous is when the word is spelled like the sound, right? <laughs> That's good. No, no, no. That's the uh, the longest side of a triangle. <laughs> You're absolutely right, and I apologize. No, you eponymize. <laughs> David, I killed your brother again. Good. He deserves to die. They came eponymous a midnight clear. <laughs> so after the uh, new mystery has been presented, uh, then we enter the investigation phase, wherein the mavens get to pursue any leads, uh, avenues for which we will discuss more once we arrive at the moves section. This being empowered by the Apocalypse game, character actions are broken into and defined in their moves, uh, which is where roles come in. Uh, additionally, during investigation, uh, the mavens can conduct downtime scenes to bond with the other mavens uh, or aid the community. Those can serve the purpose of helping them to clear uh, different statuses uh, or to just drive the story and drive their relationships with some of the other characters. Um, but after all of the investigation has played out, after any of the crown scenes that take place during the session have occurred, uh, then we get to the end of session, uh, wherein XP can be marked for every question that they answered yes to. Uh, and then finally, at the end, we do stars and wishes for this game, which means that uh, the players will talk about what they enjoyed, their, their stars, their favorite things from the session, as well as their wishes for things that they hope to see in the next session. 
Um, and shout out to uh, Luke Quaid for for originating the Stars and Wishes mechanic. And that's something that is present in Brindlewood Bay. Any questions about the order of play from our players? Do you think we'll do a Stars and Wishes section, even though we're only doing a one shot? I don't imagine. Um, we might we might do one and then we'll see whether or not it's good enough on Mike to keep as part of the game. But fair enough. It is part of the the experience of playing it, and so if I, I see no reason not to include it. But it might not end up on the final edit. So sorry, dear listener. So uh all of the characters in Brindlewood Bay. Uh, have their uh, their abilities. Uh, these are their stats. These are your your basic modifiers. Uh, so in Brindlewood Bay, our collection of those are vitality. Uh, if a maven's action involves strength, dexterity, endurance, athleticism, or any sort of raw physicality, then you roll vitality. Hey, that sort of rhymed. That was unintentional, but I'll take it. Uh, the next one is composure. No, do it again. <laughs> you want to try that one again, Bob? Composure. <laughs> composure what? Composure, I hardly know her. Composure is uh, when you turn uh, scraps of food into fertilizer, right? <laughs> yeah, that's... Composure is my next D&D wizard's name. <laughs> composure, <laughs> who is uh, evocation. Yeah. Is it? Is it composure? Yes. Or transmutation. Or transmutation. Uh, so the, the second ability is composure. Uh, if your maven's action requires a steady hand, a calm disposition, uh, or intense concentration, then you roll composure. O- or if you're trying to avoid a fear-based reaction to a situation. And I think that's something where it might especially come into play. Weren't those, those notebooks that we were forced to buy for grade school composure notebooks? <sighs> You know, eventually this style of joke will get old, Pat. Never. <laughs> Wordplay will live on. Uh, the third ability is reason. If your maven is studying books, researching a problem, examining a crime scene, etc., etc., anyway, they're uh, exhibiting use of their mental faculties, then it will be a reason role. Uh, presence is if your maven is trying to charm someone, intimidate them, or uh, capture someone's imagination. I like the inclusion of that description like i would like you to roll to capture someone's imagination roll Ooh, presence spicy the fifth and final of the maven's abilities is sensitivity uh sensitivity is rolled if your maven's action involves supernatural forces the keeper that's me may decide at any point if an action that may under normal circumstances be governed by vitality composure reason presence etc uh, that it could actually be governed by sensitivity because of some supernatural, spiritual, or other occult nature or influence that is present at the time. So beware of that. And that's you, right? You're the keeper? I am the keeper. Mm. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Cold. Rolling for hot was Apocalypse World. That's true. That was one of the stats. So... Similar to most Powered by the Apocalypse games, dice rolling, uh, when it comes into play, when an ability is in use, it is done with two die six uh, plus the relevant modifier. If you roll a seven uh, or higher on the result, that is considered a hit or a success. If you roll a six uh, or lower, that is considered a miss. Now, a miss, I will clarify, especially in Brindlewood Bay, does not necessarily mean failure, but it does mean that I, the keeper, get to make a hard move as a result. Uh, in addition to whatever happens directly 
uh, with the the ability that you are calling in or with whatever move you're making. You said six or higher success. Lower six, six or lower is a is a miss. Yeah. Seven or higher is a success is a hit. Uh, and of course, there are, will be uh, times when an even higher roll, like a ten or eleven or a twelve plus, will have additional beneficial effects uh, depending on the move. Are you going to get higher than a twelve on two die six by having a modifier? Oh, uh, that was a dumb question. I just realized <laughs> that. Uh, and uh, and remind me again, you're the keeper. I'm the keeper. Ooh. I'm sorry. Is this hockey or soccer? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I thought that was eponymous by now. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> In addition to uh, those more normal traditional PBTA mechanics, uh, Brindlewood Bay also has the concept of advantage and disadvantage. Uh, so there are times when either due to a move or due to you utilizing an item from your cozy little place, uh, your sanctum, your home, uh, which is different for every character, um, you may roll three dice, three dice six, and take the highest two. Uh, and then at other times, you may be rolling with disadvantage, either because I, as the keeper, believe that's appropriate for the circumstance you find yourself in, uh, or that you're uh, impacted by a negative condition of some kind. Uh, and in those circumstances, you will roll three dice six and take the lowest two. I really like that Brindlewood Bay, as a PBTA game, has that advantage-disadvantage concept, which I haven't seen very much in some of the others I've looked at. Um, I could say that and be really putting my foot into my mouth because it's not like I've read every game, and that could be a common thing in lots that I just never read before. So, but they'll let me know on Twitter. So, heck yeah, it's true. So your uh, a, a Maven's abilities are what they roll uh, when applying any given move. Uh, in addition to abilities, they also have another significant mechanic called crowns. Uh, these are permanent statuses that the that the players can take on under certain circumstances. And let me explain uh, how those circumstances might arise. So as the keeper, I'm instructed to, while being a fan of the players, I am also uh, not to pull any punches. I, I'm supposed to go hard against the players. And that's because the players have an ace in their back pocket, and that is crowns. Uh, after a die roll and after the outcome has been narrated, both because it's fun and also so the players can know what would have happened, a player may put on a crown to upgrade a dice result from a miss to a hit or a hit to an even greater success. Um, it's sort of like a, a choose-your-own-adventure book. You you put your finger uh, back up the page where the decision was made, and then you see what's up ahead and decide whether or not you want to keep that or not. So, so you mean cheating in a choose-your-own-adventure book? Yeah. But it's, it's our TTRPG, and we can play how we want to. Are we supposed to skip around and choose your own adventure books? What happens if he dies? Uh, that's actually a great question, Dempsey. So if a character uh, is killed in a, because they've, they had a miss on a roll and I get to make a hard move, one of my moves is kill a player. Situationally uh, allowable to me, of course, but it is something that I can do. Um, and when that happens, I narrate how they die, uh, whatever method it may be, you know, picked up, tossed off a cliff, what have you. Uh, and they can choose to put on a crown and avoid that circumstance. Instead of a miss, it will be considered a hit. Uh, and then we will go back and, and understand it that way. There are two kinds of crowns which players can, you know, put on uh, as the nomenclature in the game is. Uh, one is called the crown of the queen uh, and the other is called the crown of the void. So uh, these are two text sessions uh, on each of the characters' character sheets. 
Uh, and we'll discuss these further when we get to the character sheets. But basically, they are are little aspects uh, or little scenes, either aspects that a player will have to add to their character as it relates usually to Crowns of the Void, uh, or scenes and moments that the player will have to integrate into the story uh, if they take on a crown of the queen. And in exchange for for taking on that crown, they then get to upgrade a role. And that's something that, as I said, uh, players have in their back pocket at all times. Uh, there is no limit to the number of crowns you may spend in a game. But I swear to God, if you guys do that all game, just because we're doing one game, I will disown all of you. Do you think we'll level up? It is actually impossible. Are you sure? Yes, because you could maximum get three XP in a, a session and it takes five to get an advancement. Know what I said last time, David. <laughs> Challenge accepted. But now that we understand abilities and crowns, uh, we can introduce moves. Uh, the, the, f- the conditions under which both of those things are used. I got real excited. I thought he was going to say we can introduce your characters. <laughs> no. no. First that we won't need to happen talk about, for another three hours. At this pace, maybe. So first we'll discuss the player moves, uh, the, the character moves, uh, and then we'll discuss a little bit the keeper's principles and moves as well, just so you can have a understanding, a feel for those going into when we play the actual game. And, and you're the keeper. I'm the keeper. All right. There are two types of moves that, uh, also, <laughs> above table, I hope you guys are also paying attention, because this is me teaching you the rule. <laughs> I'm paying attention, yeah. I'm, paying yeah. Attention. I'm, I'm, I'm just also making jokes at every well, opportunity. Good. I'm trying to make this entertaining. No, I feel you. Uh, and you're the keeper, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've established that. It's really obvious. No, it's eponymous. <laughs> So there are two types of moves. Uh, you have your basic moves and you have your maven moves. We'll talk about maven moves more when we get to character creation. These are special moves uh, which each maven gets to choose one of that they have access to in the course of the game. They can gain additional maven moves uh, through advancements, which, again, we shouldn't be seeing in this game because it requires more experience than is possible in a single session. However, what if we're just like really experienced, though? Patrick. Quoth the maven, nevermore. That's a good joke. I like that. Here's the problem. We're going to have to cut it because she called me Patrick. And? I've, I've got news for you, Pat. It's short for Patrick. What am I supposed to call you, hat trick? <laughs> Is it not Patricia? Oh. <laughs> not yet. But, but, we, but we're working on that in order to fulfill Patrick's dream. <laughs> Of being an old lady, yes. Actually, it's Patterson. Uh, so it's not uh, uncommon for Powered by the Apocalypse games to have a catch-all move that is used to, you know, uh, it's it's like in Apocalypse World where you have uh, do something under fire, mm-hmm. right? It's it's your move that you do in order to do something, right? It's your move that's easily triggered. So in the case of Brindlewood Bay, we actually have two of those that are... Uh, time of day dependent we have the day move and the night move is this an umbreon and espion situation uh it is absolutely an umbreon and espion situation he did say that it was catching them all so our day move aka espion uh 
<laughs> I love uh, this. Continue. Uh, can we refer to it as your espion and your umbreon move, please? I feel like that's going to be alienating to some of our That audience. certainly will be. Uh, or alienating to some of our eponymous. I also think it's probably more uh, accurate to... Uh, what's the fairy uh, one? Sylveon. Sylveon, Sylveon. yeah. It's more like Sylveon and Umbreon. This isn't a psychic move. It's it's a... It's a fairy move? Yeah. If, I don't know. It feels more fairy to me. It could anyway, be a psychic move. It's a love move. So the day move is as follows. Uh, when you do something risky or face something you fear, uh, you name what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve, then roll with an appropriate ability. Uh, on a 10+, plus, you do what you intended, you hold steady, you get to describe what it looks like. On a 7 to 9, uh, I, the Keeper, will tell you how your actions would leave you vulnerable. And you can choose to either back down or go through with it. If you go through with it, I will describe what it looks like. Can you give us an example of what that is? Because I'm not sure I understand that. Sure. Uh, I'm especially willing to do that uh, after I've finished describing the entire move. Oh. On a 12 plus, you uh, take what you intended uh, or you hold steady. Uh, and the keeper will tell you some extra benefit or advantage you receive and describe what that looks like. So again, you have you have your hit, 7 to 9, uh, 10 plus, and then 12 plus as well. So there's lots of scaling with this. Uh, the day move is the catch-all move for actions that take place during the day. Uh, and I have the final say on which ability is used for the roll. Um, so an example of a day move. Uh, is that so, the Rolls Royce? Yes, it is the Rolls Royce. Um, the, an example of the day move is, uh, so again, to describe it, it's when you do something risky or face something you fear. So for example, uh, if it's during the day and you are investigating some mystery and you round a corner and see uh, a figure who's obscured at the end of an alley holding a gun. So like trying to use the bathroom on the second floor of your house. Yes. By myself. Yes. Going to the bathroom. By, so if you're trying to go to the bathroom by yourself, no, this, this is a great example. It's a great example. So if it's during the day and you're trying to go to the bathroom by yourself, uh, what? So I need you, Patrick. I'm a name performer. Me, I need other people there. I need for you to name for me what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve in this situation. If I fail or lose my nerve trying to use the bathroom by myself? Yeah. Um, Would you uh, pee yourself? Well, uh, no, no, because that's what I would want to do is release it. So what would happen is I like would lock down tighter than a miser's purse and uh, do that thing where you want people to believe that you use the bathroom. So like you like wait there for like a minute and then uh, flush and then wash your hands, even though you didn't actually do anything. So that's what you're afraid of what would happen. And then you roll 2d6. Well, first, uh, of course, this is a move. Which ability does that factor into? So I would say under this circumstance, you are trying to, to hold your nerve and pee under pressure. <laughs> so I think that's composure? I think that is composure. This requires this action requires a steady hand, uh, a calm disposition, or intense concentration. Uh, we're going to roll For little old ladies, you. it doesn't involve steady hands, David. <laughs> Uh, well, we're talking about you right now, Patrick. We're not we're not oh. in your characters yet. Yeah. Uh, you asked for an example about yourself. So I'm going to roll uh, 2d6. I think you have a composure of plus zero. Wow. Uh, and that's an eight. Oh, man, that's so good. So that's on the seven to nine, which means that I, as the keeper, will tell you how your actions will leave you vulnerable. <laughs> and then you can choose to back down or go through with it. So <laughs> I think I think you drop your drawers and you stand there and you want to go. You really want to go. But you can't 
And then you hear the doorknob turning. I really want to go from this conversation right now. <laughs> so anyway, that's the time that I was at the bathroom at Subway. This is bringing back terrible memories. Did somebody open the door on you in the bathroom in Subway? Yeah, and it was a bathroom that faced out towards the lobby. Nice. And the toilet faced towards the lobby. Yeah. And I did not have my back to that door. Oh. <laughs> nice. Please uh, put an F in the chat for Dempsey. He was still ordering a sandwich when I ran out the door. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that's the day move. Uh, <laughs> what, what I will uh, emphasize and hope that you take note of with the day move is that uh, while on a miss, of course, things can go awry, uh, on a hit that's seven to nine, uh, you succeed ish right uh even on a seven to nine you're still left uh, somewhat vulnerable uh, and then you can choose whether or not to go ahead you have you still have the choice even on even on that level of hit so that's the day move uh the night move is like that but worse uh the night move also triggers when you do something risky or face something you fear and then you name what you're afraid will happen uh, if you fail or lose your nerve and then i will go on to tell you how it is worse than you fear uh, and you can choose to back down or go through with it. Please, uh, David, explain to me how our example gets worse. Oh, it's easy. Uh, <laughs> Are you still afraid of the same thing? You're still afraid? Yeah, 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 you're still afraid gonna... that you're just Oh, yeah. I'm afraid to uh, pee on the second floor of your guys' house by myself if I'm okay, the only one so, on the floor. So I'll tell you what's worse about it. As you walk into the bathroom uh, and like you're you're ready to, you're still ready to go, you look in that mirror and you see... Not you reflected in it. You realize what you've done now is he'll never go to the bathroom in our house ever again. Yeah, I'll, I'll just never use the bathroom in your house again. Thanks for that. <laughs> so uh, I will tell you how it is worse than you fear. Uh, and then you can choose to back down or go through with it. If you go through with it, you roll the appropriate ability here, of course, being composure. Uh, and then on a 10 plus, you do what you intended to do uh, or you hold steady uh, and you get to describe what it looks like. I have a question in that example. Mm -hmm. Uh, would he actually technically be rolling for Supernatural for the... I think as we've now described it, yes, uh, that is true. We would not actually be rolling Composure. Uh, we would instead be rolling Sensitivity. Thank you for that point, Emma. You see, I was listening. Uh, and Patrick, although he has a zero in Composure, I think he might have a plus one to Sensitivity. That's why he's so worried about it. <laughs> so that would then be a nine, which is still a, a middle of the road. Well, we have to roll again. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to <laughs> roll for yourself? By all means, let me roll for myself. All right, Pat, please roll sensitivity. It's <laughs> not great. That's a five. That's a five. Oh, I get to make a hard move. <laughs> Actually, let's uh, explain what that looks like for, for uh, a night move. So uh, on a seven to nine, you do it or hold steady, but there's a complication or cost. Uh, the keeper described what it looks like. Uh, and of course, on a 12 plus, you're, you're very successful uh, and you gain some extra benefit or advantage. Uh, so the night move is a catch-all move for actions that take place at night. Uh, and since taking uh, action at night is more dangerous than doing so during the day, uh, the night move is a bit more perilous, even on a seven to nine, uh, than the day move. Uh, and additionally, I am encouraged in my uh, principles that if it is a night move and you incur a miss, uh, as we see there, then I get to go especially hard on you guys. So I might do something that might encourage you to utilize a crown. I think I would say that... Now be careful what you say, David. I may never pee in your house again. <laughs> 
I just, well, then I will, at, at a very high level, I will say, Ghost. Gets peed on? I pee on the ghost or I get peed on by the ghost? Because there's a big difference. One of those, I'm the winner. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where you get peed on, right? <laughs> I refer to that as a golden shower. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say that on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an ectoplasmic shower. Yeah. It's a ghost. L- let me say, you get showered by a ghost. It's that ectoplasm cooler that uh, High C put out uh, for Ghostbusters. I think that's called the eponymous cooler. You're absolutely right, and I apologize. <laughs> so in addition to your catch-all moves, uh, there are some other more specific moves. So we have the meddling move. Uh, which is when you search for a clue, conduct research, or otherwise gather information. No, that's when you're Scooby-Doo in the gang. I mean, I think that is the meddling move. Well described. Uh, So the meddling move is what you do whenever you, in-game, as part of the investigation phase, are trying to collect clues uh, in order to to solve the mystery. Who's Uh, clues? Blue's clues? Yes. Uh, On a hit, you find a clue. On seven to nine, there's a complication, uh, either with the clue or a complication you encounter while searching. Uh, And I'll tell you what that is. On a 12 plus, you also find a void clue, which are things relating to your deep, dark cult mystery underneath everything. Or you learn something about the uh, dark conspiracy in Brindlewood Bay, uh, which is a detail about that as opposed to a, uh, a, a clue, which is more up to your own interpretation. Uh, and of course, in our case, uh, we will still likely include the void clues or uh, some details of this dark conspiracy. But given that we're only doing the one shot, we won't have time to dig in too much into the meta story that is associated with Brindlewood Bay into the bigger picture. Um, so yeah, the meddling move is the main way you as mavens turn up clues in the game, which clues are a very important part. Uh, when we get to our, our final uh, of the moves, Theorize, uh, we'll discuss exactly how those clues are used. So in addition to your meddling move, another thing that you might do during your uh, investigation time is the cozy move. And we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you may take time to have a, a intimate cozy moment uh, with another maven while one of you is engaging in your cozy activity, which is that that hobby, that favorite activity that you have. And it's different for every maven and it's up I to them to think, choose. I also think specifically uh, it can be your cozy activity, but it doesn't have to be. That's true. Uh, you gain additional benefits if it is your cozy activity. And There's uh, also a few special moves. Uh, One is the Gold Crown Mysteries move. So you all are part of a book club, uh, and your favorite mystery series is the Gold Crown Mysteries. Uh, And you have an opportunity to, once per game, say, this reminds me of something that happened to Amanda Delacorte, the heroine of the Gold Crown Mysteries. Uh, You then work with the other players to describe how something that is happening in the situation reminds you of an event from one of the Gold Crown Mysteries. Uh, At minimum, you must provide the name of the mystery novel in question. Uh, You must provide uh, how the problem or situation Amanda found herself in is similar to what you are currently experiencing. And then uh, how Amanda eventually overcame the problem or situation. Then you are just given a 12 plus and immediately succeed maximally. Do we have a list of books in the gold crown mysteries or do we get to make up book you, we get, every part of this game is you make it up excellent yeah uh this move is very very powerful as it guarantees you a maximum you know 12 plus success and can only be used once per session i will say again 
only once per session. By each of us, right? Total. Yeah, by each of us, total. No. And you're the keeper? I am the keeper. Once a game, I am the keeper. (laughs) Just once a game, you're the keeper? Well, it sure seems that way. Sure seems that way. Where now? Where now? Ooh. Uh, So another special one is called the occult move. And to be honest, this is probably one of my favorite ways to handle this I've ever seen. So the occult move works like this. When you engage in an activity related to the supernatural or the occult for the first time, you imagine what your actions would look like as a move, say what triggers the move, and then roll with sensitivity. Uh, So on a hit, it not only works, but then you work with me, the keeper, to write the move, and it is now a formal move that all mavens can use for the rest of the game, and your roll stands. So on a hit, it works, uh, and specifically on a seven to nine hit, you must also mark the crown of the void. So there is risk with this. Even if you succeed, if it's not a strong success, then you also have to mark a crown of the void. And on a miss, uh, it's not something the mavens can ever do. Uh, and you also mark a crown of the void. So a cult move, doing one of those is dangerous. Yeah, that's risky. But in exchange, uh, you get to create a new move for the game, uh, which is so cool, in my opinion. That's very cool. Uh, so finally, the ultimate, and uh, that it literally ends the game, uh, potentially, uh, of the maven moves is called Theorize. This is when the mavens uh, decide to have an open, freewheeling discussion about the solution to a mystery based on the clues that they have uncovered, uh, and then reach a consensus. Once a consensus is achieved, uh, you roll plus the number of clues found, uh, not including any void clues, minus the mystery's complexity. I told you that would come back into play. So Theorize is going to be really fun because it's you all will get to discuss the mystery and all the clues that you've taken in and you're going to get to stitch together what you think happened and then this is a emergent mystery storytelling game so there is no you know we don't have an envelope like at the end of clue to open up and see who did it with what weapon where right emergent was my favorite young (laughs) was my favorite young readers novel emergent divergent divergent that's the joke. Uh, Let me try that again. Emerge- no, it wasn't funny the first time. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. So the theorized move is a really cool opportunity for you all to discuss what you think has been going on. Uh, and then this being an emergent mystery, we roll for it. And that's what it is. I present to you an opportunity uh, to, to bring it all to a close, to bring it all to its, its final destination. Not unlike the movies. Oh. You all die. Uh, rocks fall, everyone dies. So uh, those are all of the main moves that we'll be using during the game. So basically, to tie in with our description of the order of play, during the investigation phase, you will, as the mavens, regularly use your meddling move to try to rustle up clues and find nuggets, talk to people in order to develop your list of suspects. Uh, Of course, as part of my presentation of the mystery to you in the beginning of uh, the game when we actually play it, I will give you a list of names for people you might want to talk to and a list of places you may want to investigate, uh, and then we will explore those in in the course of the game. But uh, if you incur any conditions along the way, uh, then you might use your cozy move in order to recover and recuperate a little bit or just to draw closer to your other mavens in the course of the story. 
Of course, you may find that you need to use your gold crown mysteries move. Uh, you may find that you're just doing something risky, and so you might encounter uh, using your day or night move. And I will see how occult things get. I haven't finished my notes for for the basis of the story we're going to be exploring, but you may find an opportunity to lean on some of the more occult knowledge, especially that you may have studied from your, I'm sure, very accurate mystery novels. Uh-huh. Uh, and finally, you'll theorize and bring the story to a close. So that's how the moves factor into the the general structure of play. So I, as the keeper, I have uh, my own role and my own moves. Of course, I'm trying to to pull us through the story. I will make you aware of what our mystery is, what its title is, what its complexity is. I'll present it to you. Uh, I'll provide some establishing questions. Uh, which will help characterize how each of your characters relates to the story, what the goals are in order to solve it. I'll introduce the suspects. Uh, and then one of my favorite mechanics is called painting the scene. Uh, whenever we go to a new location and one of your moves takes you there, uh, whoever has triggered that move uh, gets to describe the the initial uh, understanding of that location, of that environment. So you'll get to paint the scene uh, and then I will join in and contribute and and bring it along from there. But Brindlewood Bay is a very collaborative game. There'll be lots of times where I will just ask you questions and let you as the player build some of the world or build some of the characters. So do be expecting that. Uh, there are, of course, clues and void clues, which I will provide to you as you roll successfully to attain them. Uh, and then I, as the keeper, have my principles. Uh, I, just like you, uh, am playing to find out what happens. Uh, I don't know where this story is going to go uh, from the outset. It is an emergent mystery. Uh, so you, in in finding clues and deciding to pursue the leads that you do in your final theorized move, uh, you are building the story. Uh, and I'm just sort of here as a as the shipwright uh, to help build it alongside you. Wait, are shipwright. you the shipwright or the <laughs> keeper? The keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I get to make everyone in the world uh, and and everyone in it seem real. Uh, I am, of course, as I mentioned earlier, a fan of the Mavens. And uh, I let's let's talk for a minute, real quick, about tone for the game. So this this is a story which, of course, deals with murder, uh, and it deals with pr- perhaps some of the darker pieces of the human heart. Uh, but also, it's a very cozy experience, right? It's the the general mood for this uh we're absolutely going to have space to cut up we're absolutely going to keep things lighter the thing that i've sort of had as my guiding light in this as far as the tone that i want to achieve is if you've ever seen the movie hot fuzz uh which i know that everyone at the table has because we all watched it together leading up to this <laughs> but that is the the general vibe i want to hit like yes there will be dark things but we're not going to take those things quite as seriously as we would in real life. So does that mean we're going to chase a goose for half of the session? I sure hope so. It was a swan. It was could, a swan. But we could do a goose. So, so as we talked about earlier, uh, sometimes on a seven to nine, I get to still add in a complication to what you've done. Uh, or obviously on a miss, I get to introduce complications and even, even stronger reactions. Just as a quick sprinkling, so you guys get a vibe for what I'm capable of. Uh, I'm allowed to separate the mavens. I can kill a suspect. I can inflict a condition on one of you. Uh, I can put a maven in danger. I can show a maven being killed. 
Uh, I can remove an item from your cozy little place. I can have an official show up. I can cut to commercial. Uh, you can cut to commercial? I can, actually. It's a pretty cool move. That's a uh, thing? Yeah, so basically, uh, something dramatic has like, happened, and I say, let's cut to commercial, uh, and then I get to make you, whoever was doing the action, uh, like, come up with a come commercial? up with a commercial that happens. And we'll be right back. Uh, but, as a result, if you do that for me, uh, then we get to act like you rolled a 10 or 11 and you succeed. I love that. So Why do you get to do all of those things? Uh, because I'm the keeper. Oh, you're oh. the keeper. That explains a lot. I thought he was the shipwright. That is what he said, wasn't it? Uh, but those are those are the different things that I have as, at my disposal as the keeper. Slash shipwright. Yes, slash shipwright. I build the ship with you, yes. Now... Oh, that's what you're the keeper of. You're the keeper of the ship, yes. right? Oh. Uh. Uh. When did we get on a ship? We've been on one the whole time. Uh, we are on a bay. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Down by the bay where the watermelons grow. Uh, so now we get to uh, the most important part of this. Uh, we get to talk about your characters now. We've now officially finished introducing the game. We've talked about all the important mechanics. And we... Uh, well, actually, qu- quick question. We've done all that. Is there anything, any other questions that you guys have? Tell me about these conditions and what might be entailed. Ah, so a condition. Uh, these are, so this is something that other PBTA games support as well. But basically, a condition is like, take for instance, if you, uh, let's say you try to uh, eat Taco Bell. Yeah, great. Uh, let's say you try to eat some Taco Bell and it doesn't agree with you. So you might have the condition upset stomach. Uh, And if at any point you try to do a move that relies on an ability that might be bothered by that, then I, as the the keeper, can impose disadvantage on your roll. So as a result of your condition. And then the way to clear conditions is by uh, spending time in your your cozy activity or or using the cozy move and rolling successfully. So you might say, make me use the bathroom on the second floor by myself. Yes. I, I might, should you have the upset stomach condition... Uh, in order to clear that condition, require that you use the bathroom on the second floor of my house and maybe encounter a ghost. And speaking of bathroom breaks, let's let's take one of those right now. Hey there. It's your keeper, David, here with just some quick thank yous today for our mid-break. Emma, Pat, and Dempsey were so much fun to record with, and I'm grateful they joined me for this game. It was so good, and I'm so excited to share it with you. This arc wouldn't be possible, of course, without the wonderful system that Jason Cordova made. You can find links in the episode notes to go and buy it for yourself to enjoy. I also have Jason to thank for the opportunity to enjoy the game as a player, with him as the keeper, in an ongoing YouTube series on his channel, also linked below. It's been great fun, and uh, we take it dark pretty fast. I think you'll enjoy it if you check it out. I'm also so very, very thankful to you for listening to our show. I started out making this show for an audience of no one, and I don't know if I could have kept up with it for this long if it weren't for folks like you out there listening. Thanks for making my day. I hope our show brings you a bit of joy in return. I'm excited for you to join us July 14th as our three intrepid old ladies' murder mystery begins. Bye for now.
Patrick, you peed in our house. Did you see a ghost? Uh, as I told David, I uh, avoided looking in the mirror the entire time. Did you close the door? Did you get on the floor? Did you walk the dinosaur? I'll walk whatever you want. How about you walk uh, you th- walk us through your character? Hey! Hey! hey. Uh, so, but uh, but uh, but uh. Uh, for your characters, I need from each of you a name and surname, uh, a style, uh, a cozy activity, and then assign, uh, please assign one point for me to one of the abilities and note your final ability modifiers, uh, as well as uh, choose a Maven move from the Maven moves sheet. Emma, are you already prepared? I am, but we said we were starting with Pat. You're right. Did we? Yeah. Walk the dinosaur for us, Pat. I would love to throw a leash on that Apatosaurus and walk it all the way down the block. Excellent. Uh, Patrick, you are, of course, uh, going to be playing your, your own murder maven. I believe we're all playing our own murder maven. I sure maven. hope so. I sure hope that's what we're doing this game. <laughs> Except for David. What is David doing? <laughs> I believe he's the shipwright. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is your name and surname? Style, cozy activity. Uh, What are your abilities? What'd you put your points in? Uh, And then what's the Maven move you chose? Give it to me one at a time. Tell me your name. My name is Coach Dropkick in quotation marks because it's a nickname. McMurphy. So is Coach the name or? Coach is the title. The title. What's the first name? There is a first name, but she's insulted that no one remembers, and she doesn't tell people twice what her name is. So it's Coach Dropkick McMurphy. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so what's your style, Coach McMurphy? Coach? That's the... Uh... So that's a... Uh, think of style essentially as a... If you were to give a short, a very, very short description of who Coach is as a person... What would what would you say? She's a coach. Okay, I think there is an option that's basically like you have trainers on. Or... Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. So so you got you got those those nice tennies. I got. Listen, I'm rocking them sneaky sneaks. Mm. Are they? I'm sneaky? rock. I'm rocking them. I'm rocking them stretch pants. Oh yeah. I got that like '80s uh, headband on. Oh, excellent. Oh, are you like uh, the sneakers and tracksuit? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Excellent. For sure. What color is the tracksuit? This is important. But don't ever think it. Just rapid fire. I'm thinking it's it's mostly white, but the accent color is uh like a like a like a neon green. Okay. Oh yeah. Cool. Very like visible. It. Safe on the roadway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All about safety, coaches. So so that's your name and style. Uh, so what's coaches cozy activity? A coach's cozy activity is uh, kickboxing. Spry. Very spry. Uh, how old is coach? Do you think? This isn't one of the questions. I'm just curious now. 72. 72. All right. Not too old for kickboxing. Not too old at all. No. Now, too old for rock and roll, but not too young to die. Or wait. <laughs> But too young to die. Oh, you're the keeper. You get to decide if she's too young to die. <laughs> no, no, he's the shipwright. <laughs> I thought he was the keeper. He uh, said he was the shipwright. So, he also so how? Said he was the keeper. Who's on first again? 
how did you allocate your ability points? Uh, I put, well, you only pick one at the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. And I put it in vitality naturally. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Just naturally. Uh, virile. Virile. Does a... Uh, virile, agile, domicile. Epotomile. Epotomile. Epotomile is a Pokemon. If you can't <laughs> tell me it is. There's like 800 of them. It's got to be close. Uh, what Maven move did you choose for Coach? I choose. I choose. You choose. <laughs> I dim their chosen. Chosen. Uh, I chose what was called R. Quincy, which essentially makes me the medic, which means that just like Donald Duck and Kingdom Hearts, I'm healing no one. <laughs> well, could you please read off the move for me? Uh, I would have to open the PDF. I will open it for you. So it was Quincy? R. Quincy. It was R. Quincy. Is this basically just going to be Coach telling us to walk it off if we get an injury? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so R. Quincy uh, says, you have a medical background. Describe it. Uh, Then add medical bag to your cozy little place. When you use it to get an advantage on a dice roll, leave it unmarked, which means that it can be used uh, an unlimited number of times. You mark a cozy item when you use it. So now I must explain a medical background. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, she isn't called coach for nothing. She trains some of the finest MMA fighters in her day. And when you train athletes you have to have at least some knowledge of like sports medicine at the very least so uh i think that's uh reason enough to have a uh, medical back yeah that sounds great to me so that's all of those basic details we're going to get dig into a little bit of backstory stuff here in a second but uh emma, yes. who's, emma. who is your who is your leading lady uh my maven's name is Marion Barry. So she's Mary Barry? Like well, she's Gr- Marion Barry. Like from Great British Baking Show? Well, maybe. Is it Maid Marion Barry? I don't know that anybody could call her a maid anymore. She's Matron Barry. She might, she might have it made. The Matron Barry. Matron Barry. What does she go by? She, she probably goes by Marion. Marion? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Marion, what's your style? Uh, my style is all the cardigans. She's a, a cozy, cozy bitch. Mm. <laughs> so, so me and not very long. <laughs> me already. <laughs> Truly. Cut to me literally with a blanket around me right now. That's true. And Patrick having asked earlier how the fuck I was still cold. Be it known for the record, uh, we are sitting in the studio, which I would I would color as fairly warm. Uh, I would color it as burgundy. I guess that's also true. I suppose <laughs> it is both burgundy and fairly warm. Uh, and Emma is indeed wrapped up in a fleece blanket. Be it known for the record. Uh, I'm a cozy bitch. Well, speaking of cozy, what's your cozy activity for Marion? Well, as you mentioned, she's Mary Berry. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, her cozy activity Backing. is knitting. What a fucking curveball. Uh, what kind of stuff does Marion knit? Uh, socks, mostly. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, cardigans. Yeah. 
how she has all the cardigans. Mm-hmm. Okay. She gives them as gifts sometimes. But you don't end up being known as all like all the cardigans. If you don't make yourself a new cardigan monthly. Yeah. How many times can we say the word cardigan before it doesn't sound like a word anymore? It's starting to get there. Yeah. The other day I drove a cardigan. You know. And somebody's birthday. I got to go to the store and get a cardigan. You know, at the convenience store today, my uh, chip didn't work in my debit card, and they asked me, bitch. <laughs> and they asked you to, swipe, asked your- me to swipe my card again. <laughs> Can I try that again? No. No. No, it's so much better this way. <laughs> oh, you were just telling the joke slow enough that I started to get it before you got there. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best joke I've done all night. Uh, Emma, Emma, for Marion. Uh, so you knit as your cozy activity. Uh, how did you assign your points? Your point, uh, and then tell me what your Maven mood is too. Uh, my point I put into composure uh, because I figured, you know, she's she's a cozy bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no explanation necessary <laughs> on that one. Uh, and then the Maven move I chose was one of the last ones on the list, Gordon Shumway. Okay, what does Gordon Shumway give you? Why don't you read it for us, O Keeper? Oh, then I shall. Yeah, O Shumway. Gordon Shumway. Uh, you have a feline friend uh, with whom you share a very strong bond. This extraordinary kitty can do tricks and follow simple commands. Name your precocious puss and add them to your cozy little place. Precocious push was my nickname back in college. I'm sure it was. Uh, when you use the cat uh, to get an advantage on a roll, leave it unmarked. So similarly, you can use it an infinite number of times for where it, where it matters. So uh, tell me, what's your what's your kitty? Uh, my cat's name is Goji. Goji. Yeah. Goji Berry. That's the joke. You got there, David. <laughs> Uh, so you have Goji. Uh, what's Goji look like? That's a good question. Let's give the fan artist something to work with. I was thinking about that. I think Goji is an orange tabby. Mm. Uh, he's got green eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's uh, he's fairly uh, fairly small and fairly uh, short haired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he is polydactyl. I think that uh, he oh, has yeah. seven toes on each foot. Is Goji a thick boy or? I think that so so there are basically like there there are kind of two bodies that you get once you have a cat that is out of being an adolescent and that's either they're very very long or they're they're big fluffy fat babies uh big big potatoes they're a, they're a lonk or a chonk yeah a lonk or a chonk and I think that goji is probably a lonk okay the so goji is a lonk orange tabby He's got he's a lonk and I got a donk. Excellent. Together together you're lonk and donk. And you're the keeper, right? And I'm the keeper. <laughs> uh, Bringing it back. Uh Dempsey, are you ready? Or Okay. Uh then let me ask you next, Dempsey. Uh what are you bringing to our shenanigans? Uh who is your maven? I'm known as the great and wonderful Diana Ma. All right. Uh, tell me about Diana Ma. Uh, what is her style? Whenever available, speed walking is the go-to. Yeah. So, she, oh, you're a 
Now, now that makes me feel like you and Coach probably get along pretty well. Absolutely. The best of comrades. Uh, what's your cozy activity? Well, to prepare myself for the speed walking phalange aerobics. Phalange aerobics. Can you describe for me? You're a finger exerciser? Oh, just check out the dexterity of these toes. <laughs> oh my. There's no tiptoeing around it. She beat me by half a second. <laughs> he keeps saying that, but I keep coming up with the good jokes. I had the cardigan joke, damn it. You did have the cardigan joke. <laughs> you did. Joke. <laughs> Actually, seriously, I, please describe for me, what is phalange aerobics? Educate me. In the ever-ongoing fight to prevent arthritis is the continual extension and then contraction of one's phalanges. As long as it doesn't lead to hypertension. That's right. Coach cares about that. It's one thing that we talk about most on our walks. Mm-hmm. Your speed walks. Yes. Yep. That's when we <laughs> walk and we're on speed. <laughs> Wait. Uh, so, so, uh, what does Diana go by? Ma for short, Diana for formal. Okay. So, so can I call her Lady Di? This could work. <laughs> so we got Ma... Coach, what's your clever nickname? Well, you gotta give me one. I can't give one to myself. Gonna be me, Ma Coach Me. Ma, coach me. (laughs) (laughs) You could call me Barry. Barry. We've got Barry, Ma, and Coach. Uh, Your your style is a speedwalker. Your cozy activity uh, is is essentially uh, stretching, but specifically your. Phalanges. Your phalanges. Phalange extension. Just say the F word, David. (laughs) It's a PH. It's a PH, Patrick. (laughs) I'm sorry. I figured with a name like Pat, you'd be acquainted with the letter P. Not on the second floor. Keep it in. Keep it in. Uh, Really, what this all comes back to is in my youth, the PE teacher in kindergarten taught me a fun word that I've kept very dear to my heart, and as my joints have aged, has become ever more dear to the rest of my body. Don't you mean the F.E. teacher? <laughs> <laughs> now it's got to stay in. Oh, man. Uh, man that, that, that F.E. teacher was made out of iron, I swear. That's an F.E. Anyway... That's a joke. That was a that was a reach. Uh, so okay. Uh, so what... so is Diana regularly? I just got the periodic table reference. <laughs> Thank you. It was a long reach. Uh, so then you do phalange aerobics, okay? As your cozy activity, uh, not one to judge. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever relaxes you, uh, whatever gets you going. Where are you spending your point? And what's your Maven move you've chosen? I hope I don't regret this, but the point will go to presence. Oh, excellent. And the Maven move will be the Angus MacGyver. Ah, ah good. Chosen MacGyver. Uh, so I will read that off uh, for the crowd since I've read off the other ones. So the MacGyver, uh, when you improvise in a situation using whatever is at hand, ask the other players and the keeper to name three objects you find in the environment. 
so long as you can give a plausible explanation for how one or more of these objects will help you with an action, you can have an advantage on a single role related to that action. Excellent. <clears throat> so uh, those are those are the basics uh, for each of your characters, your, your names, your styles, your cozy activities, your points uh, and your abilities and your maven moves. Um, now, uh, going back around the room again, we'll do the same order as last time. Uh, I want you to talk to me about some aspects of your Maven's earlier life. Uh, I need you to describe for me your deceased partner, your children, if any, uh, pets are okay there as well, and your career before you retired to Brindlewood Bay. And then after each of you have discussed that, once we have a better idea of who your character is, uh, each of us as players and as the keeper, uh, we get to name an item that is in your cozy place. Uh, and those are items that then you will have available to you during the game to utilize in order to try to get advantage uh, on a move. Uh, so first off, Pat for Coach, uh, who is Coach's deceased partner? Did Coach have any children uh, or any pets? Uh, and uh, what was her career before they retired to Brindlewood Bay? You've already sort of answered that one, but you can go into a little bit more detail if you have it. I'll start with the easy one, which is the uh, I mentioned before. She was a trainer for MMA fighters for, let's call it, let's, let's make it an easy round number, 37 years. That's an easy <laughs> round number. That's a round number. That's what I said. Easy round number. Easy to count by. 30, does not everybody count by 37s? Yeah, that's exactly how many fingers i have how many phalanges i have <laughs> that starts with an f right <laughs> and who's the keeper <laughs> i thought it was apotamus by now <laughs> oh man uh so 37 years uh you no, were <clears throat> no eponymous was the the dinosaur you were taking for a walk right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right was taking my eponymous uh, for 37 years so, you yeah for 37 years i was a trainer of mma fighters which of course uh doing that does not leave a lot of time in the schedule for much pleasure so me and uh my past husband uh cecil did not uh have any children because uh when you're raising mma fighters you're not, or you don't have the time to raise children. They're basically the same thing. They're basically the same. Who, thing. who are the who are the top two fighters that you raised? And was Cecil a fighter before you got together with him? Uh, Cecil actually was a uh, hedge fund manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Explains how you made it to Brindlewood Bay. That's right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the two biggest fighters, as as I'm sure everyone will be surprised, since they're such uh, household names. Uh, you've got uh, Griswold. <laughs> yeah, you can let me, do it. Let me try that again. Gr <laughs> <laughs> Does he just go by Griswold? Griswold the Grump Griswoldy. Obviously. That's better. Yeah. Obviously. Uh you had Did this Griswold the Grump Griswaldi Grismaldi? Grimaldi? Griswaldi. Griswaldi. So Gris Grizzly. Griswold. Griswold. Griswold the Grump. Grismaldi. Griswaldi. Griswaldi. Grizzly. 
<laughs> Boy, I'm gonna have a hard time. Uh, Griswold, say it with me. Griswold. Ready? Griswold, Griswold yes. the Grump. The Grump. Griswoldy. Griswold the Grump. Griswoldy. And he where have, is Griswold? Uh, does he play any games? Yeah. Do, does he play any games? Does he perhaps have friends or brothers, maybe, named Dan and Aaron? One of whom is the Grump, and one of the others is not so Grump. What I'm saying is, is he a game Grump? No, he's an MMA Grump. <laughs> Would MMA not be considered a game? Uh, I don't think many take it that way. Personally, personally, I take it with cream and sugar. <laughs> uh, so you said there was a second one. Uh, who, who said there were only two? Or I guess you said that there were two. All right. Top two. Top so two. you have Griswold the Grump, Griswoldy. Yeah. And of course, everyone say it with me now. Kevin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Kevin, of course, was just a monster in the ring. Just terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. just terrifying. But you do not give Kevin nicknames. Practically <laughs> inhuman. Legendary. Just a monster. Truly. Certainly inhumane. So, so okay. Uh, that was your career, uh, as well as, I suppose, your children, mm-hmm. uh, as described. Uh, how about your deceased partner? You said that Cecil was... Cecil. Right. Yeah, that Cecil was a... Hedge fund hedge manager. Fund manager, yes. Yes. He... He worked on Wall Street, and of course, he also occupied Wall Street. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to ask if his name was in the Panama Papers. So, uh, so okay. So that's Coach. Uh, let's in the same order we were in before. Does that mean that Coach never flew Coach? <laughs> well, considering the fighters never flew Coach, I and they uh, need needed me everywhere they went because, as we've established, uh, MMA fighters are no better than children and need my full attention all the time. Okay, yeah. So you were always in first class. Absolutely. Uh, So, Emma, tell me more about uh, Marion Barry. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, So, so yes, Marion Barry. uh, her, her, Her deceased partner's name is Paul. They lived in Hollywood together. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, we actually did have two children together, uh, Cranston and Logan. Cranston goes by Cran, so they're Cran and Logan Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while I was in Hollywood, uh, I was a party planner. <laughs> I forgot that Hollywood wasn't a person first. <laughs> <laughs> so you were like, why is she in Hollywood? Why is she in Hollywood? Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you have my attention. I was a party planner for many, many years. Paul Paul worked in the movie industry, as oh, one he? does in Hollywood. Yes, of course. He, specifically, he worked on, on TV. He actually didn't work in the movie industry so much as TV. He worked on, you know, baking shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Any mm-hmm. baking shows in particular? Oh, you know. The, Perhaps the uh the uh the large American oven competition. Should have gone for the joke and said, uh, the large Dutch oven competition. Oh, the large Dutch oven competition is not bad, <sighs> but he wasn't Dutch. 
<laughs> no, he was from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Did have piercing blue eyes, though. Some of the most gorgeous blue eyes you've ever seen. There's only okay. one other man that I've ever seen with quite as piercing blue eyes. He was also on TV. He was in some show in Britain. Yeah. So we- what? Can we pause for a second? Yeah. To recognize that I had a student come today to class and say, I'm trying to recruit Sean to the track team. And I said, Sean, they said the one with hazel eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. If you don't know which Sean it is by that description. I mean, I know which Sean they're talking about. (laughs) He doesn't even go to your school. You ever got lost in Sean's hazel eyes? (laughs) Have you seen what's behind those hazel eyes? Uh, actually, Sean's the person who Patrick saw in the mirror. <laughs> Why'd you gotta bring up the mirror again? <laughs> uh, so, boy, where was I? Yeah, was you're so Paul's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you Paul did die. He, he, <laughs> he died a few years ago after a long, long battle. Uh, with arthritis, actually. Um, he, you know, he really should have been doing his phalange aerobics. Yeah. Hit you every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Uh, so that summarizes, that summarizes Mary, Mary and Barry's life up to this point. Uh, Dempsey! Dempsey, Dempsey, Dempsey. Uh, how about, uh, your maven? How about Ma? What did that ma do? Well, I'm recently retired from shipping logistics as one of the lead coordinators for an antique collectible store. Yeah? Known as the Only the Gold... (laughs) (laughs) So I'm recently retired as a... Is this the bedtime, silly? We're trying so hard, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Everybody take a breath. We need more than one. <laughs> well, okay. I'm just going to warn you, this gets good. Yeah. yeah. At least okay. in my opinion. Well, you ready to bite just, your tongue? It, as long as we're not laughing too loud, just power through. I will, but I did not mean to. Uh, <clears throat> all right. What did that ma do? What did that ma do? Hey, D- Dempsey. Dempsey. Simple question. What did that ma do? What did that ma do? What did that ma do? Well, I'm recently retired as a shipping logistics coordinator for an antiques collectible store known as Only the Good Oldies. I originally came to the Sweet Haven after Coach requested me to mail her a peach tree without knocking off any of the live peaches. Hmm. It was a live peach tree. So when I say peachy in any of this, that's a reference. Anyhow, I'm here to stay because, well, I've had many loves through my life, but they didn't last. Ronald, John, Sanders. (laughs) Wait, wait. You bitch. Is that it? Was that the end of the list? Oh, keep going. Is there a bell on there? Oh, just... Oh. None of them have ever appreciated a pack rat. I'm, 
not pack rat, a, a resource manager like myself. A hoarder. Well, the only true companions I've ever had are my dogs. Mm-hmm. One at a time. <laughs> The one that started it all, Samantha Michelle Francis Lee Cunningham Dempsey the first. Uh huh. Afterwards was Samantha Michelle Francis Lee Cunningham Dempsey the second. <laughs> what do you call them? <laughs> it's it yours goes to twenty one. No. Oh. So we'll leave it there. How many of them are still living? We're on the twenty second. Is your character's last name also Dempsey? No, her character's last name is Ma. So why are the dogs named Dempsey? It's an homage. For all of the family members in my sweet, (laughs) beloved family. Oh boy. You might appreciate the great boxer, Jack Dempsey. Oh yeah, he fought Kevin that one time. I'm pretty sure I trained Jack Dempsey. So I'm still hung up on Sanders, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> so you've had 22 dogs. You have the 22nd at the moment. No, 21st. You, you said, said you said you're on 22. No, I said 21st. You said you, it went to 21. <laughs> yeah, and that you're on the. And then you're on the 22nd. I'm pretty sure I said 21st. You definitely roll said. it back. <laughs> roll it back. Roll it back. Well, What's that, David? What's that? It's the 22nd. <laughs> How many of them are still living? We're on the 22nd. Uh, what kind of dogs? Yeah, what kind of dogs? A Maltese poodle. Some might call a mutt. We call it a hybrid. <laughs> I drove a hybrid for a while. <laughs> Do they run on electricity? Only static. Uh, hybrid is that thing that has the eight heads that if you cut one off, two more take its place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The eponymous hybrid. The eponymous hybrid, yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. I've just done a little quick bit of Googling, and a Maltese poodle has a lifespan of 10 to 15 years. (laughs) How have you owned 21 going on 22 of them? All of them are still living. I'm not with all of them anymore. It's one of the unfortunate sides of being a foster dog ma. But one of the many perks is you get to teach that dog what name it will respond to and teach it (laughs) only the full name is acceptable for complete obedience. (laughs) It's like it's like having a really long passcode on your phone. (laughs) Only so much worse because this particular passcode can manage to steal ham off of your counters. (laughs) And many other assortments of goodies. Okay, that's excellent. Uh, So you you do currently have the 22nd living with you? Was that what it was? Is this why you were so quiet for most of the setup? Because you were writing this shit? (laughs) I don't know if I would say shit or... Writing? Shizoo. Shizoo is my favorite DC superhero. Oh, yeah. I know how to play the Shizoo. Uh, so, uh, so you, you have not had any children. Uh, you've had a multitude of pets. She's had many, many furry. That's true. Many, many fur babies, uh, before retiring here in Brindlewood Bay. Did, did I just miss, did you have a, a partner? Oh yeah, that's right. You've been with several people, but none of them really stuck around. That's Mm -hmm. right. That was that. Yeah. Ronald, Ronald, John, John, Sanders. Sanders. How could you forget? I don't know how I could. 
Any I, others? Were there any more on that list? Hardy? We could develop deeper Wendy. into my path. Wendy? Wendy? It's Carl Jr., thank you very much. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay. Uh, so that, I think, about covers. Was there any other details you had? Any more to your, your, your prepared speech? Except Wendy. It doesn't cover Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> the resource manager will be relevant. Oh, yeah? I mean, admittedly, you, man, uh, having worked in shipping and stuff, you could have all manner of weird things in your cozy place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually, yeah, let's talk about cozy places now. Well, hold on. Uh, I have a question first. Coach, yeah. do you have any animals? No. Okay. Not even a fish? Wrangling fighters was like... Was like herding cats. Was like herding cats, yes. <laughs> she, she had the full experience of raising creatures. <laughs> Certainly, Kevin. That's <laughs> true. That man was a monster. All right. Okay. Uh, so this is actually a question for the room. Uh, let's start with Coach. Let's keep in the order we've been doing. Um, what does Coach have in her cozy place? I will start. I have an idea mm-hmm. uh, for a thing. I think that Coach uh, has a Sean Tompkins Coach of the Year award from the MMA. There you go. That's a good one. And I, I like I, how I'm envisioning that could be used as a. I guess if you wanted to conk somebody with it. Uh, that could be a go-to weapon. I mean, David, I think it's obvious what it's used for. <laughs> no, okay, please tell me. What's it obvious that it's used for, Pat? It's used for looking pretty on a shelf. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, you could also potentially use it for advantage on something as if you were trying to convince somebody uh, who that was meaningful to them. like That I'm the fucking goat? Yes, Either that you're the goat or that, uh, you know, they should respect you in one way or another. Uh, winning such a prestigious award uh, is a big deal. So mm-hmm. sort of what I was thinking. Uh, Emma, what do you think? <clears throat> I think Coach has a beta fish. All right. She's training it to fight. It's true. Betas okay. are known as fighting fish. No, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I, I do ask. What is the usefulness of a betta fish in one's cozy place? Responsibility. It's given her something to live for. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't have cats to hurt anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> gotta keep her... You, you gave up teaching cats how to fight. She's gotta keep her coaching skills as sharp as they always were. Obviously, the betta's name is Alpha. He's the alpha. Excellent. Alpha the beta. Alpha the beta. Uh, Dempsey, uh, what else does Coach have in her cozy place? So it's a mechanical punching bag, but it's spring-loaded at every doorway in her cozy place. So that when she walks in, she has to continue to stay sharp with her martial arts moves. There you go. I like that. I thought he was going to say peach tree. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably outside your cozy place. Okay. Cecil's buried under it. Oh. Oh. And we brought it to the dark place again. (laughs) We did it. Uh, So you have those three items in your cozy place. Let's talk now about uh, Marion Barry. I can kick off again. Uh, Marion Barry, uh, I think within your cozy place... You have a book of recipes that was a like a a gift from your now late husband, 
that was something that he found uh, in one of his travels uh, abroad as part of a one of the like very brief stints for a traveling cooking show. And it's a book that has recipes for all sorts of things. All right. Dope. Uh, we're going to call it <clears throat> your your own personal, gently occult, just a smidge occult cookbook. Okay. And a dash of cult? Yes. Actually, uh, the name of the cookbook is A Pinch of the Occult. Pinch of the Occult. Asterisk. Please do not pinch the occult. <laughs> <laughs> uh excellent uh so that's my uh that's my offering coach patrick what else does marion barry have in her cozy place i don't know like crocs <laughs> <laughs> like the shoes or crocodiles yeah. like the shoes what color I'm thinking like a ripe avocado color. Ooh, okay, all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's all right. That's good. Okay, so we got some avocado green Crocs uh, and and Dempsey. What else does Marion Barry have? A reasonably sized cabinet which stores an assortment of jams, jellies, and marmalades, mm. some with a poisonous texture. I probably made them. Mm-hmm. With my cookbook. All right, so you've got you've got poisonous a... texture. Yes. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> you just caught that. <laughs> I let it go. <laughs> Is it poisonous? Ugly, and poisonous. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's got a texture that says you you put your finger in it. Ooh, that's poisonous. Okay. <laughs> Something looks off about it. Something something feels off about it. Texture is also visible. Mm-hmm. How about we settle on the middle? Something is off about it. <laughs> so uh, next, yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Ma. What's she got? Um, let me think. Let me think. I think that she has uh, a shock collar like you would use uh, not so so not like a shock collar for dog training, but like one of the ones that make sure your dog doesn't like leave a certain boundary. So it's I think I imagine it also has a manual switch, but I imagine also that she was probably more along the lines of training via reward than punishment. Um, But I think there were a few occasions where an especially uh, unruly foster dog that she had uh, kept getting wandering out into the big, the big neighborhood and no fence could contain it. And so as a last ditch effort, she acquired it and maybe she never even had to use it at the end, but she does have it in her closet somewhere. Uh, so I think that you have a, a shock collar that you could potentially use. Um, Emma, what else does small have? A genuine leather collar and leash. The collar is big enough for a decent-sized dog or a person. Hello, Wendy. <laughs> wait, wait for us, Wendy. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Pat? What else does she have? I don't know, like Crocs. 
No. No. <laughs> no duplication. I'm, j- I'm joking. Uh, I think you have a logbook of every shipping container that you've ever had to log for your company. Mm. Nice. I think, I think you have dates that it arrived, what was in it, how much of it was in it, and when it left. Uh, I'm going to add on to that, that I think the shipping company you worked for basically was in charge of, like, because this is a coastal town, right? Also, you have a pair of avocado green Crocs. <laughs> Do all three of us have a pair of avocado green Crocs? Is this a birthday present you got for us one year? No, mine is li- like neon green to match my jogger, obviously. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to add on to that, that I I think... That the company you worked for, which maybe we should give a name to now that they're starting to become a little bit more significant. Only the good oldies. Oh, you're right. Only the good oldies. But that was like the the sales front end of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think you manage logistics beyond that. And anything that, that, ship. anything that came through Brindlewood Bay, I think you have records of, basically. Have access to. That, that's what I'll make. I think that's a really cool thing to, to give her, Pat. I like that. Can I make a suggestion? Uh, how about coniferous? Because it's evergreen. Insert Suez Canal jokes here. Oh, this isn't going to... Boy, that's going to date the podcast. <laughs> this isn't going to go live for two months. Makes me feel better about my students finding this. <laughs> you got time. So are we going to refer to... You got time to learn who Sean is. <laughs> 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 no, Pat, that was your best joke of the night. <laughs> yeah, but that one's going to get edited out. We can't talk about his students. That's true. Can we tell that story, Dempsey? I mean, there's, there's nothing... Yeah, there's nothing sensitive in that. I guess all that we've said is that their name is Sean and they have <laughs> hazel eyes. Oh, sorry. We've given away two, two identifying of information. It's Sean with the hazel eyes. Well, Dempsey was supposed to know who he was. Where do I teach? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. Where do you even live? I just drive around in the morning and walk in a building and hope that I'm where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Guys, where are we right now? I'm... We're upstairs in the bathroom, Patrick. Can't you see in the mirror? The answer is we're in Brindlewood Bay, David. Don't break character. Will we be referring to my item from Big Pat as the ledger? <laughs> you can just I call like the me Pat. The ledger is good. Okay. The ledger. Yeah. Should it be letter. Big Pat's shipping company? No. <laughs> actually, I don't know. Big Pat's shipping is pretty good. Yeah. But this is actually Patricia. It's it's finally the old lady you always wanted to be, Pat. So if we did something like Packed Rich Foria LLC, but it's always mislabeled or like mispronounced as Patricia LLC. <laughs> I'm I'm down for that. So Pat, Pat, Pat Rich, what? Packed Rich for you. So Packed Rich for you. But Patricia. Yeah, but it's. The the sign is always there are certain letters that are out. And everyone just assumes that it was misspelled and it's just Patricia. Right. Patricia I don't know if that like actually congruently works if we were to write it out on the sign thing. But eh. I, we'll, we'll say at the end of the day, it became colloquially known as Patricia LLC. Because everybody always reread the words that way. 
What a weird lore thing to come up with. <laughs> well, you know what? We don't have much in the way of setting lore that comes in part of this because everything is generated during the session. So, so this is Patricia's ledger. Yep, this is Patricia's ledger. Excellent. So I think that covers everything that we need in order to play. Uh, we've stocked everyone's cozy places. All right, we're going to go ahead and take another bathroom break and start playing, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely all happening tonight. That'd uh, be great, and then I can go dis. That's right. Uh, no, this is this is really good. I I think your characters all sound exciting. Uh, I uh, I'm really interested to see how these interactions go in character in the game. I think you'll develop a pretty interesting dynamic in the course of it. Well, we all have mostly matching procs now, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, mean, David said th- there could only be one pair of crocs. No, you said it anyway. Well, only one is a gift. Yeah. So I've got avocado green ones. Ma has lime green ones, and you have neon green ones. Yeah, if it comes up in a, a like, or rather, if owning crocs uh, could be used in a way that would contribute to a role being successful... She can mark the Crocs, but no one else can mark Crocs. I think it's 100% a game mechanic of the game now, is avocado green Crocs. I think you're going to have to roll uh, an occult move. That's right. (laughs) Where's the die? Not now. We're going to set this up before the game. We got to go to the bathroom, and (laughs) Not on the second floor by myself, we're not. We got to go to the bathroom and then definitely start playing the game right after this. Wink, wink. 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 All right, so you're going to give a clo- a closeout for the setup? Or? What if I already have? What if you already have? Good night, everybody. Oh, but David, it's got to end with one final question. Who's the keeper again? <laughs> mm-hmm.